Welcome to episode 17 of the Lean Change Management podcast. This episode originally was an Ask Me Anything session with Yao Gamma, who created the Lean Change Management Professional Workshop, and halfway through we decided this would make a great podcast. So hope you enjoy it. We're going to be talking about the new Lean Change Professional Workshop, what is similar and different between that and the original Lean Change Agent Workshop, and you can also head over to leanchange.org podcasts if you want to watch the Modern Change video version of this interview. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everyone, to the Lean Change Professional Ask Me Anything session with Yao Gamma. Uh, you are joining from where today? Where are you in the world? I am currently in Poland, where it's extremely cold. Ah, yes. We've had our string of minus 25 to minus 30 Celsius over the last couple of weeks. So it's been pretty brutal here, too. But it's nice today. It's, I think, plus three. So uh, it's finally starting to thaw out, which is good. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I'll flip it over to you to do a better introduction. But uh, you've been facilitating. I've uh, been a lean change agent facilitator for, I think, just over a couple of uh, years now. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and your, and your background. So I've, I've been um, doing this lean change for a couple of years. And um, what I've kind of seen is that there are a few markets that lean change uh, makes a lot of sense. One is consultants. There's a, a large contingency of consultants that come to the workshop that um, are interested in figuring out how do I explain things to my clients in a different way? How do I, how do I make my clients make sense of this? And um, another contingency is large organizations that kind of want to do not just a change management, but are really interested in creating a change program. How do they set up a system that uh, can self-maintain and, and not only do a change program itself, but how, how, do we, how do we put this together in much more of a coherent way throughout a, an organization? Um, so the, the things that I kind of came across was, as I was doing the workshops, often I'll get these questions at the end. You know, I, these techniques are great. I, I really like them. There, there are many things that they like. You know, um, the blast rate is, is, is always a big hit. The canvas is a big hit. People like that a lot. Um, but then they say, okay, so how do, I, how do I then take this and implement that in a, in a larger scale? Or how do I explain this to a client of mine and make them make sense of what we're going to do? No, I, um, so the, the original workshop is a lot of the tools that really make sense for you to do the change or for you to make sense of change. Um, but it doesn't give you so many tools as to how to contextualize it for others, how, how to package it as a, as a um, you know, kind of like agile. No, we say, oh, we're going to do agile. So other, other people know what agile means because you can go online and figure out the steps to become agile, so to speak. So that's, that's kind of the component that uh, I struggled with, especially in the beginning. So who would, who would you say has been the, the primary audience who have been coming to your workshops? Has it been more on the consultant side? Has it been internal change people? Um, I've seen through our stats uh, from all the global workshops, it's been a pretty wide range. There's been 
I would say vast majority are change consultants. Then there's agile coaches, there's HR people, there's executives. So they all tend to want something different out of change. What have you seen in your in yours? Yeah, I always say that there's three main groups. There's definitely the internal change agents, and there's definitely the consultants, people that are leading change for third parties. So they are they are dealing with clients. Often they have engagements of one month, three months up to 12 months, you know, consultants are kind of coming in doing something very specific, like surgical in, inside of an organization. And then the third component, which is more abstract, is the agile people. People that are either lean or agile or in this world where the, the title lean change draws the attention of, of this group. So often they come just to kind of see what it's about. Um, when I do get change, coaches, uh, sorry, agile coaches, usually their issue is I've done many agile implementations and getting a team to become agile, I already know how to do. What I'm not really sure how to do is how to deal with the rest of the organization, how to deal with the director level people, CEOs, how to talk to them and how to talk about uh, uh, an overarching structure for the agile transformation. Also, one thing is getting a team to become agile or various teams to become agile or even the IT department to become agile. Another thing is to come in and talk to uh, the director level group and explain to them what this IT transformation is going to entail and how it's going to affect the rest of the organization. So usually that's what agile coaches um, are looking for. So in a sense, the workshop is a bit difficult because these three um, clients or these three perspectives are very different. The agile people are very used to lean and agile thinking. The internal change agents, often they have never interacted with lean altogether. So many change agents come saying, you know, I, I don't know what this lean thing is and I'm really kind of interested. I kind of want to have an introduction to lean. And I'm thinking, lean change is really not an introduction to lean, but hey, that's okay. Um, and then the consultants are looking for something completely different. They're looking for how can I sell this to others? How can how can you give me not only the tools to do the work, because often the consultants are not going to do the actual work. Um, often what they want is to say, how can I how can I explain to the client what we're going to do? How can I put it uh, um, a 12-month view on this thing? How can I give them steps? So first three months, we're going to do X, and then the next three months, we're going to do Y, and then the, finally, we're going to go to Z. Um, it's very, very different perspectives that these, these different people have. Um, so in a way, the workshop has to kind of be all about the essence, the elements, so that they all can take something out of it. Um, and in a sense, I think that's what uh, the original workshop does very well. It doesn't, it doesn't give a specific solution that is like, well, if you have this problem, do that. Instead, it gives it tools. And the, the nice thing about giving tools is that people can take what they, what they need from the compilation of tools that we're giving. So I think, I think that's a winning formula. Um, the question is, how do you also give them context, uh, not only the tools? So I think the context is what I found to be challenging to give with the collection of tools. Right, right. Yeah, I like that you mentioned uh, with people uh, hearing that lean word. 
um, and, and coming yes. to the course with certain expectations. I had one person who came uh, just based on a recommendation, didn't read the description about the course, and she just had a horrible time. She was expecting uh, Six Sigma and something prescriptive um, and more along the lines of lean manufacturing. And I was like, ooh, well, so I think she rated it a two out of 10 or something like that and just totally looked into it. Yeah. So I make sure that um, when I say the word lean, I'm really talking about the definition of the term lean. So, you know, exactly. cut out the fat. It's not, you know, w- with change, especially you're, you're, you know, in, in lean manufacturing, you can see waste, you can see piles of inventory in software. You can see how bloated your code base is. You can see how much work is in progress, but with change, you can't crack open someone's brain and see where their, their level of understanding is. So sometimes waste is a good thing because you need, people need to make sense of whatever it is that they see. So sometimes, yeah, we do spend some time. Let's put a definition around the term lean because it, it is such a loaded uh, term. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, when you're mentioning how, you know, do, do you find the agile coaches, they tend to come in and they already sort of work that way anyway, and they need a little more guardrails. And when you, they come at it with a, with a framework, they're like, no, 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 we're agile, we can't use frameworks. And then the change people are kind of coming from the opposite part. They're looking for the framework first. Well, you have to do change communications. Well, the agile people bring lean coffee. Oh, you have to do change readiness assessments. Yes, but you don't need to do three months of surveys and PowerPoints. You can do it in this kind of agile facilitated technique. Have, have you seen sort of that kind of headbutting in, in, in workshops? And how does, that, uh, how does that resolve itself if it does? Yes, not only that, but also that agile coaches come with a lot of preconceived notions. So in, in many ways, often an agile coach comes and is not really listening to you because they are just looking for what you're saying that doesn't match the agile spirit as they mm. see it. The difficulty with agile and lean is that it means different things to different people and, and people interpret it differently. So often an agile coach comes and they're great because because they are agile coaches, they're much more polished in the way they interact with others, the way they explain things. They are um, much more able to assist you in the workshop itself because often they share their experiences and their knowledge and they've been to other workshops like yours. So they they add a lot of information and that's nice. Um, The change, the internal change people, they often haven't been to a workshop for years and they haven't really done much personal development in that field. So often they come in, you know, and it's interesting because you even see the cultural differences in the room where um, an internal change agent often has an older phone and it's not as technological where the agile coaches are much more technological and much more used to the new tools and they throw out jargon like crazy. It's constant jargon, jargon, having to explain what the jargon is. Um, But yes, I I do agree that on, on the other hand, Agile coaches are much more used to kind of breaking the rules and, and, and doing things kind of on the fly. We're going to try this. We're going to try that. We, we don't want to be, we don't want to be um, weighed down by frameworks. We don't want a, a step-by-step thing because every case is different and we're going to try and we're going to learn where uh, change, internal change people are much more, you know, and I think it has to do a lot with the setting. 
because the internal change agents, change agents in a large organization, they can't just go do random things. You know, you can't just go do a change here, do a change there and see what happens. Um, you can't explain that to the upper management. So because of that, they, they, have, to, they have to start knowing where this is going to go. Now, in order for them to start as employees of the organization, in order for them to do something, they need to explain to their superiors in, inside the organization what they're going to do and what they hope to get out of it. It's not just go do stuff. Where in agile coaches, often they're put into the situation of, you know, we need to be agile, make us more agile, do what, whatever you got to do. So the attitude is very different. Um, and in that sense, people come to the workshop with much different needs. The, the, the internal change agents do need to go back and not only do change, but they also need to explain how this new methodology of change is going to fit inside the organization that's already running, it's already, it's already established and, and often mature. So in order for you to even be able to run experiments, sometimes you need to do a slight cultural change so that experiments are even allowed to, to happen. Um, so in that sense, having a, a, um, an end in, in, in sight, having a, a pattern, having a, a framework, so to speak, helps them go back and explain things to the rest of the organization as to why we're, we're going to do this differently than we've done in the past. Where agile coaches don't have that problem. Agile coaches, you know, they're, they're pretty free in how they operate. Yeah. So, so it sounds a lot like um, uh, something I learned from uh, Don Gray at AYE um, quite a while ago. He said uh, he had a session around how to swim with the power of the organizational currents instead of against it. And uh, a lot of the times when I get the question in my workshops is, you know, how do I get permission to start using these techniques? I, I answer with a very noncommittal answer and say, you just go do it. You know, if you're a lawyer, you don't go ask for permission to format a document a certain way. If you're a developer, you don't ask for permission to check code in. It's just the job and you do it. And part of it is, you know, when people are, are coming from a, a non-agile setting, um, they kind of get beat over the head with the agile mindset a lot. Uh, and they don't really know what it is. So for me, it is the, the, the faster you get to action, the better. But there's a caveat because if you do, like you said, just go randomly do activities, people will, it's sort of like, you know, there's this ecosystem of the organization and there's just this weird thing bouncing all around it. You don't build any credibility. So they need a different kind of, uh, well, here's a packaged thing that we can start with that helps us do this in a more agile and lean way. And they can use that language to kind of flow with it. So um, yeah. what would you say is, is uh, you know, the... Uh, First, similar between the the original Lean Change Agent course and uh, and the one that you created, the Lean Change Professional, and then the second question will be: so, what's different about the the Lean Change Professional? So there's there's a lot similar, and there's some that's that's different. A lot of what's similar is the approach to change and the the base concept. I mean, we're still doing experiments. We're still focusing on learning as, as early as possible. Um, a lot of the tools, we still use the same similar tools. Um, the, the blast radius, the canvas, it's still all about communication. It's still, it's still all about the feedback. 
what's what's different is the way in which you communicate what you're doing not only to the rest of the organization but to the people so um it's not as much of a framework in a step-by-step, you know, step one, you do this, step two, you do that, step three, you do the other, as much as it's a context for how you work. So um, one thing that's that's clearly different right away is the addition of roles. So uh, imagine, so I, I guess the, the situation to imagine is this. If you are gonna be the change agent that's going to go to a large organization, imagine a large organization of, 20,000 plus employees and they have a change team already in place and you are a manager of this team or you are someone kind of senior within this team and you're going to go back and you're going to explain to the team, listen, we're going to not do what we're doing up to now and we're going to do something different. But the first thing they're going to say is what are we going to do or why are we going to do this crazy change? You know? So, what um, the element that the professional adds is a context of how we're going to operate as a team. So as opposed to being um, where I see the original change course as the tools to implement change, you are the change agent, you're bringing change to the organization, you're going to try things. Um, but imagine you're not going to be the person that's going to try. Instead, you're going to be the manager of someone who's going to try. So your role in that context is figuring out not only how that person is going to work, that one change agent, but maybe how the other eight change agents are going to work together. So how are we going to work as a team to produce this change? You know? So in that context, you can imagine each change agent going to the original course and getting tools, coming back, and now they, they are trained to use these tools, but they still need to work as a team. So that's what the professional adds is the roles of how we're going to operate as a team within the change program and what are the different uh, phases that we're going to go through in, in a loop fashion, but how can we see where we are today in comparison to where we're going? Now, as change is seen as a continuous thing, you don't have um, necessarily a project of change. Instead, you have a program of change. You have a way of managing change that is continuous. You're constantly reprioritizing. So the other elements that the um, lean change professional adds is the ability to manage continuously and reprioritize the change. So uh, in this context, change has two um, two variables or two elements. One is the capacity of change of the organization. And the second is the desire to change from the organization. So you have the strategical drive for change and you have the capacity to withstand change. Um, So top level direction is saying, we wanna go in this direction, but some change can be absorbed, some change can be done within the organization, some can't. When you can't change to fit the strategy, you have to change the strategy to fit the people. So the uh, lean change professional is a method of how do you go about reassessing the value of the strategic change to the business and the ability to change 
or the capacity of change from the people, from the um, employees of the organization? And how do you prioritize that to create a program of change that's continuously reprioritized so that you can continuously do um, change projects, but still managed from an overall uh, program? So that, that's what the that's what the lean change professional adds. You're still using if you're an agent of change within a team, you're still doing the same thing that you would have done had you gone to the original workshop. You're still coming in and you're still doing change. You're still interacting with the team. You're still dealing with the people. Um, you're still overcoming resistance the same way that uh, you've learned in the original workshop. Um, the question is, once you go back to the team meetings, the change team meetings, how do you operate then? How do you reprioritize what the next change necessity is? So that's that's what the professional is. The additional roles and the addition of a systematic prioritization of the change programs so that you can decide which programs are the most interesting to be done based on the strategic necessity and the capacity of change of the organization. Um, and then each one of these programs become um, some learning sprints. So a sprint is a group of change that's going to be done within a segment of the organization. So you have, um, instead of doing change throughout the entire organization, you identify what is the most strategic necessity that you have, and the and you map that against the capacity of the organization. You identify the mm, most likely successful and valuable project of change that you would do. And that becomes a, a learning sprint. So the learning sprint takes the entire concept of the original Lean Change um, workshop, which is we're gonna do experiments, we're gonna learn as much as we can, and we're gonna adapt. So within that, that pro uh, the project, you're really doing the same things that you did, that you learned from the um, original two-day course. Um, so that, that's why I see how they, they kind of fit together. And, and that's why we've, we've kind of identified that this is a progression from the, the original today. The original today, you're really getting, gathering knowledge as a change agent. And in the professional, you're gathering knowledge as a, as a team. How do we, as a team, going to work together? So it's, it's really kind of answering two different problems. If you have a small organization and you're going to be the agents of change in this small organization, knowing how to operate in an entire team doesn't really benefit you much because perhaps you don't have a team. Um, so they answered different things. And they still have a lot of the same concepts together. It's just on a larger scale. So as a change agent, you're still prioritizing based on learning and you're still identifying different experiments that you're going to run that you're going to learn the most from up front. Um, but in the professional, you're looking at programs. So, so, you, so uh, I'm, I'm sorry, projects. So you're identifying learning sprints that make sense to do at a corporate level. And perhaps that's run by one agent, by two agents, by five agents. I don't know, depending on how large that sprint ends up being. So that's how they kind of fit together. Okay. And uh, does some of it depend on the, the type of change as well? So do you of see course. a portfolio or a program of change? You know, if people are moving printers, just make a list, move the printers. You don't need to do anything fancy or anything. That's different. right. So would you say it's, it's 
suitable for any type of change or is it geared more towards, you know, we see a lot of agile and digital transformations in our industry now. Is it more geared towards those people type of changes when there is lots of uncertainty or, or a dramatic shift in our market where our organization sits uh, or can it kind of fit into any kind of change? I wouldn't say that it fits into any change. I think it, it's most beneficial to the changes that touch cultural and um, operational levels. So um, if you are, that's a, actually a very good question because often I have agile coaches that come and agile coaches often want to find out how do I change the organization to support the new agile team that we have. So um, the best case scenario for an agile coach is when they come, they've already done an agile transformation and now they're getting to the point where the IT department is running really well and the organization is not giving the support to the IT department that it needs. That's when um, the lean change professional would come in place because you want to change the rest of the organization. They are not doing agile and maybe won't be doing agile, um, but you want to change the way they operate with the team. So when you're dealing with cultural change within the organization, I think it's when it fits the, the most. Because when the change is more mechanical in nature, when it is just implementing something differently than it did before, you don't have as much um, of the issue of should we change the strategy to fit the, the operation or should we change the operation to fit the strategy? Um, in a context of implementing agile, agile within an IT department, for example, basically, I mean, it, there's, there is some mystery on how to implement Agile in an IT department, but because of the years of experience that we have doing that, less and less there's, there's uncertainty around doing that, um, unless we're really changing the, the culture of the organization. So I guess I'm kind of giving a long answer to a, a short question. The, the answer is, the, most, the more uncertainty, the more likely to fit a lean change professional. And the less uncertainty, the less value I see that it adds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's similar with the, with the agent course as well. People uh, will ask that question a lot. So when, when does this approach not work? Um, and I tell probably my most popular failure sto- story in the course at a, at a large bank where nothing worked. I mean, zero uh, any experiments had no outcome, which for me was tr- to try and figure out, well, why isn't anything happening here? So they, uh, I already turned the company down once uh, to, to help them with this because I didn't feel they were ready. And then I talked to the, um, uh, the VP of the area who told me a great story about why and purpose and everything. And it, and it felt very genuine. And it was because he was still to this day probably one of the best executives I've worked with. The problem was no one else in the 1600 person group cared at all. So we had tried some experiments and I had got to the point where I said, you know what, there was zero traction. No one is showing up to lean coffee. No one is showing up to these training sessions. There's no pull from any teams or departments. Uh, Here's the, you know, the different things we've tried. And I said, if you really want this to work, you're going to have to, we might have to switch to more of a Newtonian style approach, which is you are going to have to force two people from each division who are key influencers to be part of the change team. Uh, and, you know, within a year, that department didn't exist anymore. So it didn't, 
right? It didn't matter. So people will ask, when does it not work? And I said, well, it, it, it doesn't work when it doesn't work. You can't predict it ahead of time. It's true. But you have to know, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like stand-up comedy. You got to go at that thing the right way. You have to judge the crowd and the audience and the culture yeah. and what the leadership style is and the market and the industry and consciously choose to either fight against that status quo and swim against the current or swim with it for a little bit and then throw a rock in the pond. And it's definitely uh, more of an art. Um, um, but one of the, the interesting things that, that I see that you uh, refer to it, um, a, a panoptic methodological framework. So just <laughs> describe, describe how that phrase came to be and, 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 and what it What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was... I was kind of struggling last year as my my workshop changed incrementally. It wasn't it wasn't like a, a black and white. It wasn't like one day I kind of shifted gears. It was more uh, it was more of an organic growth. As people had issues or had questions, I would then try to answer those questions or add more material on the following workshop based on the feedback that I got in the previous workshop. So it was. The, the growth of it was really kind of, it just kind of happened naturally um, by listening to the, the issues. At, at the end, I always do a lean coffee, you know, a very quick lean coffee type retrospective. And in that often stuff comes up, even which is actually kind of an interesting thing. I recommend doing a lean coffee at the end because I've even had activities be created at the end. People sometimes go wild if they, when the group gels, um sometimes people come up with new stuff they say oh i would like to try this and i'm like okay let's do that and um so often there's there's a lot of new ideas that come at the very end and the the changes in the workshop grew out of that out of those comments and, and issues that people had uh sometimes even emails that people sent me afterwards um saying okay i'm, I'm having this difficulty i don't know how to do this that and the other and i i would take that feedback and say okay I can see that people are still having this issue, so let's add that answer in the next workshop. Um, so when I was doing the, when I was adding more and more information onto the onto the workshop last year, I kind of got into this. It got to a point where I had changed enough that a lot of what I was doing wasn't really within lean the, the the lean change management book. So in a in a way, you're kind of asking, well. Where do I fit this information, and how do I how do I explain that this information is not from from the book or is not from from this context? How do how do I how do I show that this context is different in that context? No, so that uh, there isn't that confusion of how come this is not on the book or um, so um, the key element that I think that is added on the what became the Lean Change Professional, the key element that I saw that was different was this concept of getting not just the team to work together, but getting all the perspectives from the employees at the front line and getting the information from the sponsors at the C-level or the board of directors to kind of coalesce into a plan. So the real question was, how do I prioritize the work that I'm going to do for change when the sponsor is telling me that I should go that direction, but the people are telling me 
that they hate working this new this new method or they, they hate this this direction that the company is going how how do i how do i take the, those different points of view and kind of come up with one plan so i was with this this concept of well i'm trying to incorporate multiple views multiple perspectives into one and that's where the name pan optic comes from which is multiple perspectives or multiple views um, it's it's an actual word actually <laughs> um, but you know i was like racking my brain how do i name this no and um, so that's what panoptic means is it means we are taking the views from the entire organization and coming up with a with a coalesced plan with a distilled plan of everyone's priorities into one that's and that's what the essence of the uh, being change professional really is is uh, prioritizing everyone's work and getting everyone to work in a uh, coherent fashion. Okay, so, cool. Sounds, sounds very just, much like uh, like uh, uh, perspective mapping. One uh, telecom I worked with, we uh, spent two months trying to answer the ultimate question. It's been X number of months doing this agile stuff. Do we want to keep going? And uh, we had, oh, geez maybe seven or eight people on the change team. And I don't even remember how many scrum masters or uh, they had some Kanban teams. And because Kanban doesn't have the equivalent of a scrum master, we called them flow masters just as oh, a joke. There you go. So for, for, any, for any car people that are out there, flow masters, it's a type of muffler. Um, <laughs> I, and uh, basically kind of went from the inside out. The change team took the middle and up of the organization. The scrum masters and the flow masters took the teams we collected all this data, and it took a couple of months. So some people could, could could say, well, my God, that's a lot of time and effort and money spent. But the value was, you know what? There's been a lot about this Agile stuff that have really sucked, but it's still better than the old way. We want to keep going. And it was hugely yes. valuable to them. So I'm glad it, uh, that you're explicitly calling out the... Uh, understanding what's important for different areas of the organization, different levels, and then trying to come up with a way to, to, to move forward as a whole group, uh, which really yeah. speaks to, to alignment. Um, the original course, the alignment exactly module yeah, ta- talks about how important it is to, to get us aligned around it, but aligned is very vague. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only going to happen through those, those conversations. Um, yeah. So, Actually, uh, just to kind of make a point of that, one of the things that I found necessary for the alignment to happen was the introduction of roles, mm-hmm. because only by having people responsible for certain pieces of this in overall puzzle were we able to put together a plan. Mm. So in, in a way, you have to have an ultimate person responsible for collecting information, an ultimate person uh, responsible for judging that information and ultimate and a person responsible for putting it all together into a, into a flow. So that's, that's why the, the, the roles were introduced. So it kind of works together. And that's, um, in a way it's like, it's like the way agile, you have the roles and then you have the different ceremonies and you have the activities that you run Mm. in that similar fashion. That's what we're doing in in being change professional is, Mm adding the roles, the ceremonies that you're running and the activities that you do as a team, mm-hmm. not as a, as a change agent. So not as carrying out the actual change. What are the activities and ceremonies that you do as a team 
to prioritize, reprioritize and put everyone in alignment. So that's, that's really what it's all about. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so for people watching this on uh, the Modern Change YouTube channel, you can go right here to see a list of the uh, workshops that are going to be coming up. For those listening on the podcast, if you go to leanchange.org slash LCP, um, you can find out uh, a list of uh, where this course will take place. Uh, but tell us anyway. I mean, I've looked at your schedule. You've got a pretty busy next few months flying all over the place uh, with, with this workshop schedule. So what's coming up over the next the next month or so where people can uh, attend? So I'm, I'm in Texas uh, the next month, mm-hmm. um, which is actually a f- mostly sold out already in Texas. And then I come back. Basically, I'm doing North America, Europe, and Asia. Um, mm-hmm. And when I come back from Texas, I then have a trip going to Singapore, India, um, Dubai, so and then all throughout Europe. I got uh, Germany, England, Spain, um, and then the United States, New York, got um, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, got uh, Chicago is coming up, and uh, Texas and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So two places that I do often is San Francisco and London. London, I have a session every two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, one is coming up next week. It seems like I'm in London half the time. Um, <laughs> and um, but yes, uh, I am this year. I'm I'm trying out the Asia to see how that's going to work out. It's actually the first time I'm going out to Asia to do the workshop. So I want to see how the, you know, how is it like? I last year I tried South South America, and mm-hmm. um, had some success in South South America. But I have found that the South American culture is not as conducive to lean change and agile altogether as Mm. the North American and European culture. So there are different challenges as you go to different countries in Mm. dealing with how the actual local culture uh, behaves in this, in these environments. So, so yes. Interesting. Uh, so, so it's a good thing the, uh, the, um, you know, we've, we've got the, the lean change management private jet, so you can <laughs> fly. <laughs> so keep buying, keep buying the books, keep going to workshops. This is what's helping us spread the good, the, the goodness. Uh, either that or we'll have to figure out how to, how to build a, uh, uh, you know, a Star Trek like, um, transport <laughs> device. I love that. So I it's a it. lot it's easier. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, any final, um, uh, questions that you would have liked to have been asked or, or insights or anything to close off with? Um, I think uh, perhaps one good question is what's in store for, for next, what, what's coming next. So I would not say that the content or, or the, the panoptic methodology, like, uh, like it's called, or even the Lean Change professional workshop is set in stone. Uh, I think it is very much in development in a sense that there is a lot of the content that's repeating all the time. Um, but the next step is making it more and more polished, more and more repeatable, more and more able to work in a small team uh, whether you have three people in your workshop or whether you have 12 people in your workshop. Um, and um, the next thing is also opening up to other facilitators that want to want to do the, the lean change professional. Mm-hmm. So the only, the only thing that's kind of missing 
because you know we're kind of in hectic uh, hectic uh, work schedules. You know, I'm flying and doing workshops and stuff, but at the same time, I'm trying to polish more the documentation around each activity and each module of the workshop. Mm -hmm. So that it can be transferred to someone, someone else that can then take that and do it on their own. Mm -hmm. So, one thing I am very interested in is working with people to do these these workshops locally in in different countries. Mm -hmm. um, so, we are yet still to figure out how we're actually going to do all that. But um, it would be great to be able to work with people where they do workshops. With a, with a higher frequency and maybe I come once a year or twice a year and do a workshop with them and participate and help promote the local market. So um, mm -hmm. I think that would be, would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes, that works very well. I have three facilitators joining my workshop in Finland next week. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it definitely... Uh, it's big for you, isn't it? I, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's and the the conversations are just so um so much deeper, I would say. Even a, it's pretty interesting to see anytime I go there and and do a workshop or a talk or something like that, they they have a, just a natural ability to squeeze every last piece of learning out of a topic no matter what it is. So even, you know, some of the the concepts in the course, some of them for experienced change practitioners, it's like, yeah, I already get it. But they will dive to a, a much deeper level to try and figure out or extract something that they missed originally, which it makes it very exhausting to run, number one. But number two, just uh, um, incredibly uh, challenging and fun as well. So I'm usually pretty wiped out after visiting. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying because mm -hmm. I do see that as well. There are, there are people that have... People with different communication styles come to the workshop. That's already a challenge on its own. Mm. How do you interact with people who are more shy and who are people that talk too much? Uh, so how do you control that? But um, it is true that in the northern um, European states, people have a way of looking at material, understanding it, and also stepping back and trying to get the relevance of this or abstract it to see how it fits in multiple contexts or how it could be changed. Or, and, and that is a bit challenging because it's, it's a lot more work to kind of keep track and keep following and, and helping them make the transition from abstract to concrete. Um, so I do hear what you're saying. It, it, is, uh, it is much more common there. Though mm -hmm. sometimes you get that often in the agile coaches who are more, more experienced in this. But it seems like in the, the northern uh, European countries, everyone's like an agile coach, a natural agile coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. So again, if you're listening on the podcast, go to leanchange.org slash LCP to, to find out more information about this or uh, for those watching this, then uh, check out the link right there. Uh, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to chat today and uh, best of luck in uh, Texas this month. Thank you. And best of luck for you in Finland and uh, this big project you got coming up. Thanks.